Welcome to the Ape Talks. As always, this is your host, Mr. Ape, and I hope you enjoy the 18th installment of me talking to someone else. This time, we have our guest that we've had on the past, Mr. Brahim, the one and only. Say hello, Brahim. Hello. How, how are you feeling today, Brahim? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm uh, missing you. Missed me? I missed you too, bro. It's been a while since I've seen you. What, what's been going on? <laughs> what's been going on with you? <laughs> a lot has changed. A lot has changed in life. The world has evolved. The time has passed. The sun has risen and descended. You know, things have evolved. What is your take on reality right now? <laughs> take on reality. It's a it's a practical question, Brian. It's a it's a practical question. <laughs> yeah, amazing. You sound like pretty good. You seem pretty happy. <laughs> I, I, you seem a lot more relaxed. I think you've gotten comfortable <laughs> with uh, coming on my show. Yeah, I think so. So what did you eat today, Brian? How many calories? How many calories did you ingest, you calorie counting maniac? <laughs> Probably around four, fourteen hundreds. Really, fourteen hundred? That's not a lot. How much is your like maintenance level calorie? It's like two thousand three hundred. Two thousand for me, it's two thousand. Like maintenance, right? Not to go up or down. Yeah. How much do you weigh? Uh, eighty-two kilos. Oh shit! Okay. Wait. How tall are you? 178 something for for the people who are in america do you know how to convert that no <laughs> you're the mathematician <laughs> but, but i mean 82 kilos maybe is uh, it's times 2.2 i know so times 2.2 but, yeah, but not, i can't be yeah. fucked to the math that's why i'm asking the mathematician. yeah i think it's like 170 pounds 170 pounds mm-hmm. and how tall are you in cm and 510 okay oh so you're like no i'm five i'm five nine right if you're five ten i don't know you're you're a bit taller than me right I don't know. My auntie said, like, oh, wow, he's such a tall, handsome, <laughs> and strong man. So you're, I know you're a little bit taller than me. Do you th- wait, are you more buff than me? Do you think you're more buff? What do you think? I think a little bit, yeah. You're a little bit more... L- like, I've gotten pretty lean over the, p- over the past. I love how, by the way, I love how the first episode of this podcast, the first minute of this podcast, just you laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I've, I've, I've come down in weight, like, in the past few months. I got pretty fat. During the whole lockdown, yeah. I just like, uh, I really didn't care. And I was kind of owning it. I was owning that fatness. You know, like I have these periods in my life where I get a bit chubby. And then some girl tells me, you know, you have bigger tits than me. And then I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. And then I work on myself. <laughs> and then I burn it real quick. And then I uh, chill there for a bit. And then if I don't really care, I descend into fatness again. And that's really annoying. I mean, how do you... St- in America, you know what, what country I'm really afraid of to ever live in is America. Like, Why? for those who don't know, I was born there. But just in terms of food, like, everything is XL there. There's no, there's no such thing as medium or small. Yeah. The portions are large, and I feel like the quality of food isn't that great, to be honest. Like, in Europe, has been the best quality of food. Europe and A's. Southeast Asia, in terms of produce... Is is not bad. Uh, quality in terms of what? Uh, like in terms of quality how of produce, the food is how good quality the the like the fruits, the vegetables, the meats are. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like for example. Yeah, I mean I think it's uh, based more on mass production r- rather than 
well taken care of uh, food. So, so you have to look for grass-fed uh, meat or something. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen, Brahim. Like, in my experience, just it, it's really based on the culture. Like in America, like they have the ability to to have really high quality food, but just because of the poverty, what what do poor people eat in different countries? It tells you a lot about the culture. In America, what do poor people eat? You know, people who live in poverty. They, they have a, in their street, there's a liquor store, a fast food joint. A liquor store, a fast food joint. You know what I mean? So people are going to automatically, the people who are poor are going to eat unhealthy. In Thailand, what do poor people eat? They eat really healthy local food. The only unhealthy thing about Thailand is the MSG they put in everything. It's disgusting. It's like this uh, salty kind of chemical. It's like soy sauce, but mm -hmm. it's really disgusting. And they love the shit out of it, but it's very cancerous, right? But other than that, it's, it's the most healthy food you can eat. In, in Thailand, because they have no spices. You know how in India they use a lot of spices in the Middle East? It's the same. In, in Thailand, the food they use is entirely, like the flavor comes entirely from the herbs they use. They use like 12 different plants in the soup. So you have these unusual tastes that you've never experienced before. It's so different. You know, the first time you tried Indian food, you probably were a bit shocked. Wow, this, this really is different. But when you have Thai food, like in Thailand, like a Thai soup, Tom Yum soup, when you have that shit in your mouth and you're just sipping and tasting and chewing on it, it, it really is different. It's not like a burger or like a pizza. It's something fucking out of this world. You know, like here in Lebanon, the produce quality, in my opinion, is pretty shit. Everyone I know is so proud that these uh, cucumbers came from this person's uh, house in the mountains. Look, taste mm -hmm. my cucumbers. Every lawyer's place you go to will have a plate of cucumbers he picked from his house in the mountains. And they're always bragging here about the quality of their cucumbers or whatever. But generally speaking, most of the fruits we have here are imported, right? Like we have a big supply of bananas and apples and stuff. But in terms of most food, you know, we, we heavily rely on trade, you know? Yeah, true. I don't know, like in Europe, the quality of produce is very high from my experience. It's, it's not cheap, but the quality of the produce itself is really high. Look at mayonnaise. You hate mayonnaise. I get you. The mayonnaise here is trash. It's a bit like cheese, the way I look at mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, listen, you've, like if you, you know, they don't even know what cheese is in most parts in Asia. But in terms oh. of mayonnaise, it's a fucking art. When you have good quality mayonnaise, it's like but good quality I mean, cheese, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, I get your point of view, but, but we, we also actually import uh, mayonnaise, so... Look, you import mayonnaise here. Look, we, like the mayonnaise we have here is trash. I don't know where they import it from. Um, you know what I mean? It's not the best quality mayonnaise. Generally speaking, the mayonnaise I've had here. Which brand are you buying? For me, the the top brands are fuck. I can't remember them now. But uh, Heinz, Heinz, you can buy Heinz. Here. Heinz mayonnaise, they have it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you you should search for it. Well, but you can't find. It. But the number one, I forget it. It's a Swiss company. It's a Swiss Le company. Lazier or something like that. I forget. I I really don't know. I know what it looks like on the shelf. But uh, it's, look, Switzerland, yeah. Switzerland, Belgium, and Germany, and Denmark, in my opinion, are the best countries at mayonnaise. You know, the best country at, at wine is Germany, in my opinion, too. <laughs> and sausage, it's Denmark. It has to be Denmark. I don't know, but I hate the Lazier mayonnaise here. It's pretty bad. I don't even, anything that comes in a jar here has been shit so far, from my experience. Mm, you can actually get Heinz. Heinz? Yeah. I, I need to look into that. But it's just such a hassle here, you know? Like, what, what do poor people eat here? What do people who don't have money? What what do they eat? They they just uh, <coughs> eat uh, home food, uh, home prepared food. Yeah, but what what do they make at home? You know what I mean. 
maybe mjaddara bilqul bnadura yeah but how do we explain those sisters in english you know what i mean mjaddara is like mjaddara mjaddara i have to say with an arabic accent mjaddara is rice with lentils right yeah something like this and I, some I don't onions eat this. I on the don't top like it. fried onions yeah burghul how do you say burghul uh, what, what is that <laughs> that's a tough question <laughs> uh, but uh, let me go but like very carbohydrate high foods right yeah, it's a substitute for rice right but generally speaking it's high carbohydrate food and and it's just it's just f- not healthy you know what i mean like in america it's just fast food meat and burgers and buns it's groats groats but but uh, yeah uh, it's a substitute for rice um, it can be healthy you know you know what what is the most alien food that is arabic that you've introduced a friend who doesn't eat arabic food for me it's molukhiya no they they are much worse <laughs> no molukhiya i i once had this friend from north korea his name is daniel and uh, we used to be really good friends when we were young his mom was always very strict i told you a little bit about him in the past and i remember once he came to my house and uh, he had never eaten arabic food and his general diet consists of chicken nuggets and french fries every day that's what his mom would make him okay you know traditional food just french fries and chicken nuggets because that's all he would eat he would refuse to eat anything else uh, that's good for me well i i mean i got i you can get sick of that pretty quick in my opinion but uh, when he came to my house we had molukhiya and for people who don't know uh, i don't know even know how to begin to describe molukhiya you you actually cook molukhiya like my mom made it right okay. my mom had made some and we were sitting down for for like lunch or dinner and my friend was over this was in like kindergarten elementary school or even something when i was very young like fourth grade and he just saw this big bowl of green like <laughs> weirdness that, that tastes okay. like slime okay so you know the consistency is very much like slime and and it's actually disgusting to look at because it looks like cow shit <laughs> cow shit cow shit is more brown to me i don't know it can be greenish depending on what the i've cow never seen it brown ate. yeah what the fuck you've had brown molokhiya <laughs> no no uh, the uh, cow shit can be green Really? Yeah, uh, depending wow. on what, what the cow ate. Uh, what was the most interesting color of uh, feces you've ever had? Of? Feces, shit. What was the most interesting color? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I just told you in the past episode that I don't look at, uh, at the past. And the shits are in the past, you know. So, so I don't, don't look at them. I don't know, man. Like, I've heard people having unusual colors. You know, if you Google, if you type in Google, what my poop, why is my poop space? You'll see all the colors Maybe on, the, on the table. You'll see purple, yellow, <laughs> green. You'll see the whole fucking alphabet of colors there. It's unusual. I don't know how you get to that color. Look, I know red. If you eat beets, beets will make your poop red. You're in, you get red. I'm sure the first time anybody ate beets, you know. How do you call beets in Arabic? What's the word for it? The beets. red stuff, you know, the red stuff. I think it's uh, fijil. Fi- no, fijil is like the... Damn it, uh, damn it, it's not fijil. Let me use Google again. But uh, while you Google that, I'm, I'm sure the first time anyone ate beets were terrified when they went to the bathroom and they saw the color of their stool was just blood red. You know, I've, I've had times where I forgot I ate beets and I, I, I rushed to the hospital, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really toxic? Cherry seeds. Cherry seeds have... Uh, What's the name of that poison that they used to kill people? Um, cherry, you know cherries? The seeds have one of the most commonly used poisons in oh. the tw- 20th century. What's what's it called? 
I don't know. But beats actually are uh, Shawandar. Shamandar. Shamandar. <laughs> Depending on the accent, but yeah. I love Arabic, bro. It has such interesting... The words are so difficult to pronounce <laughs> if you're not used to them, right? Like, and they have such weird, weird sounds like Ruz, Ruz. What does that mean to people, right? Rice. It means rice. It like, but even the way the words are written, you know, I've always struggled, struggled to learn how to speak it properly. I mean, to I never managed to learn to write it. But I know how to read my name and write my name, and that's always been good enough. And I've always relied on the people around me to guide me to the direction of place I want to go to. But in terms of, like, how you pronounce the names, I mean, languages are so goddamn unique. I swear, man. Like, Thai has some of the most funniest-sounding names. Soksabaibong, you know, Kamai. Kamai is one of the funniest languages. Bang bang bong bang. It just sounds like that constantly. You know what I mean? <laughs> you should go to South uh, South Africa. South Africa. Yeah, they they have like eleven la- uh, local languages, and then the English is the official one. Oh my god. Yeah. How can you survive with eleven languages? How do people communicate? I don't know. They become segregated. I mean, isn't yeah. that the apartheid and all that? Yeah, but back when the apartheid uh, was uh, uh, up, uh, they they used to se- segregate people uh, based on tribes, which basically also based on languages. Damn. So. So no, not even all, it's only about black versus white. They also segregate the black against uh, each other. Wow. What's your take on this whole colonization mentality? You know what I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not very bad if people had ethics, but lo- looking back into it, they never had ethics. They were just there to uh, rob uh, the poor countries and take their uh, resources. I, I mean, the the idea of it is not very bad. This poor country is having a hard time developing. Uh, I'm a developed country. I can send ex- uh, experienced men to, to go there and help. But... Uh, what I'm actually doing is uh, selling them this idea of uh, uh, I'm going I'm going to you to help you uh, and I'm actually robbing their resources. That's what's been happening. Have you seen one of the more? I love documentaries, so I'm going to be recommending a lot. But there's this really good one I saw recently, like a month ago. I, it was recommended to me from the Joe Rogan podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience. It's called Blood in the Mobile. It's this really old documentary. Like I say, really old, like 15 years ago, about where the <laughs> where the all or all the uh, like all the electronics in your phone they require certain metals and minerals that come from mainly from Africa, right? But how are they obtained? Is the question? Are they obtained through eth- ethical ways? And do the con- do the companies like Nokia back in the early 2000s do they obtain these? Are they okay with buying these minerals even though they are obtained in unethical ways? Well, the answer is yes, they are. And this documentary is phenomenal. It's about this one guy who proves this, who flies to, to, I forget which country, I think it was Congo. He went to Congo, and this is like back then where it was a lot wilder than it is now. And uh, it was insane. It was just absolutely insane what he saw. And he went to the headquarters in Nokia, because he's Swedish or Danish, I forget which which country he's in and which country Nokia belongs to, and he tries to talk to them about it, and they give him this one interview at the very end with one of the guys in the PR department. They fight him a lot, but in the end they submit, and it's so sad, man. But yeah, I mean, child labor is true. It's know. not just child labor, bro. It's just 
it's like concentration camps, the way they would mine these things. They would have these people who pay a certain fee to get into these labor camps to mine because they're told that it's going to be very profitable. And the fee is so outrageous, they, they don't allow them to make enough money to exit this camp. So they basically become slaves. Uh, mining these things in these dangerous conditions and yeah. they're under these weird dictatorships of these small little tribe gangs that hold this place hostage and randomly shoot up random people and I mean it's it's a fucking movie man it's it's an intense thing to happen and it's a tense thing to live and to be in those person's shoes absolutely crazy yeah it, it's been um, the dark uh, we, we're still actually living in the dark ages you know bad things are still happening people are dying out of hunger children are dying out of hunger and we're doing nothing why <laughs> why are we doing nothing is it because there's a lot of people like me and you who just sit down and talk about it and don't do anything about it or is it because of some bigger reason i really don't know but but i think yeah we lack some, some actions people are getting uh, uh informed about these topics and nothing is happening so it's not about raising awareness anymore. It's about <laughs> uh, orga organizing. I hate, uh, I hate this word. I hate. I'm terrified about this word. Raising awareness. It does. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Really, it has lost its weight. Yeah, I mean, raising awareness is important, uh, but uh, alone it, it doesn't lead anywhere. It sh there should be some steps to be taken, some actions to be taken to overcome these problems. Yeah. Did you hear recently about the gift, the tea gift? The gift of tea to Aoun? No. To the Prime Minister of Lebanon, Sri Lanka, recently gifted uh, three tons of tea yeah, yeah, as I a donation to yeah. the Lebanese people. And it's being sold, uh, sold <laughs> now in the <laughs> supermarkets. Yeah, it's insane. It's I don't know, man. It's just... You know what? It's easy to blame people. It's so easy to say, oh, well, it's this guy's fault. He's corrupt. But when you look at the entire infrastructure of something... And it's just embedded with illness. You can't be surprised when you consistently see illness everywhere, right? Right now we have a big, we're living in this entire dimension. This planet is going through a fucking virus. And you can't be surprised when you hear about another person being ill because the virus has spread. And it's the same thing with many different things, right? This idea where th this bad thing is happening. Can we blame this person because everyone else is doing this bad thing? Who knows? You know, maybe in the future they'll look back at it. And in, in that time, it'll be really unethical. But when it's when things are normalized to a certain degree, it's not really looked at as a, as a bad... You can't, can you blame these people? You know? Which people? People who do bad things. If everyone around them is doing bad things. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can still be living in the uh, worst society, circle ever and do the right thing. It's it's always your choice. Uh, other people can affect you, uh, but it's always your choice to, to stand out and correct uh, your actions. That does sound like the correct answer to give, <clears throat> like in an exam. But to actually carry out those words and to put those words into actions is not easy. You know what I mean? I mean... <laughs> like, I've seen this in myself. I, 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 okay, so basically in, in the group of uh, my close friends... Uh, I'm the only one who who uh, was on the honor list for for uh, six semesters or whatever. Uh, I I don't mean to brag, but but when you don't you let do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't let uh, let other people to take control over you and uh, you see uh, you stay uh, uh, focused on your uh, on your goals, uh, you can actually do it. 
if you have the the correct moral code if if it got corrupted uh, by saying yeah everyone is doing the the opposite of it uh, then you might have a point it needs some correction to and then you can blame the guy yeah i mean generally i'm like i'm the kind of guy who likes to blame myself over the events or occurrences around me you know it's always my responsibility to take actions into my own hands and to fix what the fuck is going on around me, right? If something is wrong, like I said, if I'm getting fat, I need to lose weight, right? Or if I'm partaking in something bad, I need to find a way to stop it. And yeah, it's, it's your responsibility. But at the same time, you know, I, I like to have sympathy for other people, but not myself in this mentality, you know? Because most people, they struggle. They struggle a lot. And uh, it's, not, it's not that hard to not blame them. It's easy mm-hmm. to see when you when you when you turn on the switch of reality and living in their perspective and seeing how it may be difficult for most people to to practice discipline. You know, I see. I uh. see that it's not that difficult to blame them. But at the same time, when you're living in their perspective, you know, I, I see your point. But, but again, uh, you can always find the uh, one guy in the group who's doing the r- righteous things. Why is so it always only one guy? You know? No, no. Uh, or just it, a few. It, it's depending on the circus, but but because we're living in a bad society, uh, the number of good people are actually pretty low. So, I I disagree with you there. I think the majority of people are good people. I think the are majo- good people. Yeah, I think so. So so why are you focusing on the negative people and trying to uh, do I blame them or not? Because that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. But I mean, you're also defending the uh, bad people by saying you know everyone uh, close to them is doing the bad things. So I'm not really. I think in, in your in your subconscious, you know, the society is bad, but you're trying now to uh, change. Maybe, maybe you're yeah. right. I'm not really trying to defend or uh, protect or attack anyone in particular. I'm just trying to look at it in all aspects of ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm taking an t- attempt here. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, but, but basically, I think the uh, everyone works in a selfish way. So I don't know uh, how did you ca- ca- uh, come up with the, uh, labeling the, those people as bad. But but uh, it's so broad. Uh, you can actually maybe define it. But I think it's because everyone is selfish and it's actually a good action uh, related uh, to him. But, but when it, uh, it, uh, you look at its effect on other people, it's actually bad. I, I don't know if we can give an example to make this clearer. No. No. <laughs> I like, I don't understand. Can you repeat? Can you re-explain what yeah, you said yeah. in an easier way to digest for me? Yeah, but, but I mean... I think uh, we we human are selfish people. Okay. So we we try to good uh, to do good to ourselves. All right. Uh, so I think when you label other people as bad, they're actually doing good for themselves, but but affecting other people badly. No, that's not always the case. Sometimes people can. Like, I don't like the label of good or bad people because people are very unique. They've done good and bad things in their lifetime, in their lifespan. But generally speaking when we do see certain actions being taken, right? When we do see a lot of consistent behavior in this particular direction, it gives you a certain idea of the way this person is at that moment in this general state they are in. You know, they can fluctuate into another state. But um, when when you have these very powerful beings that aren't always acting for their own benefit, right? Like, let's look at a heroin addict, right? A heroin addict is not necessarily a good or a bad person, but they are doing a selfish action that is destroying them and the people around them. And you may say, oh, it's a selfish reason. 
it may be a selfish reason, but it's not good for themselves in the long term, at least. You know, even in the short term, it's not really good for themselves. Yeah. But hey, it's an addiction, and they have these problems that they're finding ways to replace that problem with a substance. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, so, but they're actually doing good for themselves in the short uh, term. They're they're feeling happy or uh, disconnected from the reality. Uh, they they have uh, tons of problems in the in their life, and they they're now just feeling the. Uh, disconnected it's uh, curing them for for a few mon- uh, moments or a few hours i don't know uh, and they just keep on doing it so in, in some sense yeah they, they're finding uh, some happiness in it that's what led them into addiction but even in the in the medium term okay <laughs> not even in the medium the, medium term not not okay, long not okay. short term it's not beneficial right yeah they, they don't care they just care about the short term like the instant how how are they feeling good? Uh, how are they feeling now? So they're actually doing it to feel happy, to to disconnect from reality, to just chill and uh, feel relaxed. I don't know how do, how do they actually feel. <laughs> uh, I didn't dig deep. It depends into on the this. person, but generally yeah. speaking, bro, what happens is even in the long term of doing these short term rewards, you realize even in the like. Uh, it doesn't even take that long. Yeah, but, but but it's uh, it's actually uh, long enough to, for for them to get hooked to it, and uh, get addicted. So yeah, afterwards you can't actually blame them, but initially they're doing it for uh, good benefits. Although so although they're actually educated about how how bad it is uh, on the long term, they're just seeking the uh, uh, instant uh, moments of feeling happy or relaxed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe, 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 but perhaps, perhaps there is a bigger thing behind it, right? It's it's never usually the addiction that maintains the person to continue to substance abuse. It's always it's always um, an inherent reason beforehand, like a certain childhood trauma that occurred, or a certain reason that they felt like they weren't successful enough, or that they felt like, what are you what are you doing, bro? <laughs> oh shit, bro. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> well, just hold on to the camera, um, to the microphone. Keep talking while I repair what you broke. Okay. One sec. So, so I don't know, for some reason, the mic <laughs> was on the edge, and now it's uh, it needs some repair. By Mr. Ape. Keep talking, man. I'm, I have to work with my hands right now. Keep talking. Yeah. So so basically, yeah, the, the heroin addicts are, are not, uh, they just re- realize that th- this is bad for them uh, after getting hooked to it and not before. Like th- this shot of, uh, or, or uh, I don't know how, uh, what the actual unit of, uh, for it is not as bad as uh, they would think it's just uh, once in a lifetime and it won't be as bad as, the, as you think. Alright, now bring bring it uh, bring it down to uh, your back. Lay down, and I'll aim the camera at you. Okay, great. there you go. It's working again. Working again. Repaired. Yeah. Th- is fidgeting. Has almost you, broken sorry. my equipment today. <laughs> 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 what were you gonna say? <laughs> what were you about uh, to say? I'm, j- I'm just uh, thanking Mr. Ape. Why? <laughs> For fixing the mic. No worries, man. No worries. I'm I'm always happy to have you on, man. I really missed you. I haven't seen you in like a, a good. A good couple minutes. <laughs> okay, let's let's be honest here. Let's be honest. Uh, this episode we've recorded it right after <laughs> episode sixty. <laughs> so uh, full transparency, but at the same time, 
we've really evolved as people in the past one hour since the previous episode you know yeah we've we've uh, we've grown we've seen things change we've uh, we've had to break and repair a microphone <laughs> you know we've we've had to we've had to talk about and come up with many different ideas and yeah a lot of things can happen in an hour a lot of things can happen yeah. in an hour and in the end of the day man in the end of the day it's i don't really think it's anyone's fault you know i think it's it's all of our faults at the same time if that makes any sense like let's say your neighbor let's say because let's say your neighbor uh, not you let's say we have another neighbor okay that is not good or whatever that doesn't take care of themselves and is dest- is destroying themselves right isn't it somewhat the neighbor's responsibility around them to help them to a certain degree not fully and it's also their responsibility at the same time to help themselves look it's a sensitive, it's a, a sensitive question because I mean, if if I see someone who's doing something bad for them uh, themselves, I I wouldn't go uh, knock on them door and say, "Hey, you're doing this uh, bad action." But you're their neighbor. Affecting you. you know, you're their neighbor. I mean, I mean, it depends if if I'm close to them or not. Because uh, we're we're community-based people, you know, we rely on each other. Yeah, but but, but like, if if someone comes to t- uh, to me and tell me, "Hey, stop smoking. It's bad. For, if bad for your health." I already know it's bad for for my health, and he's not g- gonna give me any uh, good stuff about it. But but actually, if he come, uh, someone comes to me and tell me, "Stop smoking," I'm gonna light up a cigarette uh, right in front of his face. Just infuriate them, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it's not uh, it's none of his business. That's not what I mean by help. Not to nag you and to piss you off and to cause you to to divulge more into your substance abuse. I mean, like, genuinely help you, you know, like, sit down with you and talk about you and see why you're in this situation in the first place and talk to you as a friend uh, or as a family member, as though as they yeah, were so, a brother so or sister. Yeah, so basically you need to be first close to the uh, that person. So Do you? Uh, I, I disagree, but go on. Uh, uh, about what? You have to be close to this person. Yeah, I mean, if a stranger came up to me uh, and talked uh, with me about something that I do, I would just uh, ignore them or maybe do the exact opposite. Uh, what if that j- stranger felt very genuine in their approach? It, it can, it can, uh, like I can sense, uh, I, it, it might be the opposite. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I might consider it, but usually I, I don't like people who, who are judging people based on uh, what what they saw for, for a second and they, uh, for seconds and they don't actually know what's going on in their life. But but if my, if my close friend actually came came to me and talked to me ab- uh, about it in a very very thoughtful way, uh, I would take it more into consideration. I I would reflect on it. Because look, I know a few people um, who do bad things, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, they really struggle, right? And what pisses them off the most is when family members tell them tell them to do things and these family members haven't been helping before and the way they tell them is in a way that hasn't been effective before so they just regurgitate information they've shouted at them before and when a complete stranger comes up to them to tell them something and they have a certain respect for the stranger because this if the stranger has a certain bluntness and honesty towards them they're more inclined to respect and receive the information of the stranger and to consume it in an open-minded manner rather than if it's someone they know who knows them closely and they assume oh this person is telling me what they've told me a million times you know what i mean yeah i mean every every uh, human being reacts differently to to the their situations 
But I mean, just personally, uh, I would take the word of my close friends more than a stranger. Because they, they, they would actually more, uh, know more context about uh, what I'm doing and how is my life going and stuff like that. That complete stranger is just uh, judging, uh, judging me based on 15 minutes, 10 minutes uh, activity that they saw me doing. It's not uh, actually worth co- considering for me. What have you been caught doing, Brahim, for 15 <laughs> minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever walked on you jerking off, by the way? <laughs> you don't jerk off, bro. You don't? What kind of human being are you? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Obviously. So what's the answer? I, I can't remember that someone uh, did. I remember the first time. God damn it, I think I was like six. And uh, I, I, I had this old laptop. I don't know why I want to say it's a Toyota laptop. <laughs> it was an old-ass laptop. I forget the name of the brand. It sounded like Toyota. It sounded like a Japanese car. But um, it was just these three girls sitting and talking. And they were, they were like just in bikinis. And something was about to happen. And my mom opens the door and laughs at me and saying, what are you watching? What is this? What is this nonsense? Like nothing, nothing, nothing. I close it. But because what she saw looked so innocent, she just laughed it off. And I remember at that moment, I actually don't remember what I thought. <laughs> but like, I remember it was like an awkward moment for me. <laughs> you had quite of, a, of interesting childhood. I mean, obviously, I mean, listen, when you're born with such technology to your hands, you know what I mean? Like, by the time you're 20, what you've seen is insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, I've know. gone down some dark holes. I've gone through, I've gone down uh, rabbit holes that are like of live leak of wars just watching that shit randomly you know what i mean i have a friend who used to be really into watching really fucked up shit like he would watch like porn fails which is really fucked up well, have you heard of that porn fails no. like uh, funny things that happen while they shoot porn mm-hmm. like a guy farts in a girl's mouth while she's giving him a rim job or whatever you know what i mean like yeah. mistakes basically and they, they're not good enough to go into the actual video so they create these funny compilations of these mistakes that happen. Some of them are disgusting. Some of them are really fucked up. And some of them are just hilarious. And I had this one friend. Um, he's from Iceland. He's this big, big Viking-looking bastard. And this was his like favorite thing to do in his free time. So we would like group call on Skype when I was in high school. And he would constantly be sending us these videos that we would all watch together and just be horrified at the shit he would send us on a daily basis after school. It was insane, you know? I don't know. <laughs> what, what could you be your response to that? Yeah, you can actually go to interesting places. <laughs> well, what's the weirdest rabbit hole? What's the weirdest rabbit hole you've ever gone down uh, on the internet? Have you ever gone down a very unusual rabbit hole of information and videos or something? No, not here, nothing unusual. Well, the definition of unusual has become very diluted. You know, the more desensitized we've become. But somewhat unusual, at least. I really can't think of anything. <laughs> to me, it's I always see these comments on YouTube on YouTube videos like, "How to train your dog to do th- to do this trick or to stop doing this bad thing?" Because I have a dog and I watch a lot of dog training videos, and I always see these comments. I don't even have a dog, but I'm watching this, and I don't even know. What, you know what I mean? You just go down these rabbit holes, and you don't even know where you're going. Like it's easy to go down those rabbit holes when you're. Let's say you really want a dog, and you're watching a lot of dog videos. So yeah, but sometimes, back in the early days of YouTube, you could get lost in those rabbit holes in a much more insane way. You could really lose yourself. 
you'll watch a video of an octopus eating a fish and then all of a sudden you're watching an elephant climb a mountain you know what i mean it's you, you'll go from here to there and you're watching some guy build a car and you're watching some woman <laughs> jump out of a window you know it just it, it really fluctuates and it takes you to some weird conclusion place that you don't even know what the fuck you've seen by the end of the day yeah. And you just feel exhausted and some yeah the, like, the memes regarding this matter is uh, are true so uh, i don't know if you checked the, some of those memes tell us one <laughs> uh, like read us a meme from your mind and memory <laughs> but yeah I mean, I mean you can't start somewhere uh really innocent and end up uh, i don't know uh, uh maybe w- why hitler is a good man uh, on youtube this is look to go back to our discussion what makes a good and a bad person look hitler is definitely has done some horrible things resulted over like 20 million russians or is it 50 million russians who died just alone in the second world war I don't and know afterwards yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, Russians died the most, but like millions and millions of people died because of one man's actions and as a result of his actions. But you know what? One thing I can relate to Hitler is he had German shepherds, my favorite dog <laughs> breed, and he used to love German shepherds. And at the time, German shepherds were a very new breed, barely thirty-four years old, and um, he used to paint German shepherds. He was not a very good painter, but how interesting would it be to explore the idea? What if Hitler didn't go that down that road? Of, of dictatorship and being imprisoned and writing Mein Kampf and going down this weird road of killing a mil- millions of people as a result of his direct actions because of his ego wanting to dominate. What if he just settled for being an okay an German, shepherd, a German, German shepherd painter, a somewhat acceptable painter? You know, like I said on the last episode, I like to sit down and play these imagination games with myself. What kind of character would that have been? Maybe Hitler would have been a very good person. You know, it just takes a few actions, a few consecutive actions to result in you becoming a fucking horrible person, generally perceived at least as a horrible person. You know, but is it fair for me to say Hitler is a horrible person? I've personally never met Hitler. So is it fair for me to say that? Let's say I said, Brahim, you, you know, you're a really bad guy. And uh, I, even though I may have never met you, but I read about you in a history book, would that be fair? Like, let's say you you caused the death of 60 million people, you alone, Brahim, okay? Yeah. I can directly blame the death of 60 million people towards the actions that you committed. Would that be fair for, would that be fair for me to call you a bad person? Let's say you commit these actions right after this podcast. You go and you begin the journey of uh, running, uh, creating a dictatorship and collecting millions of countries to join you. or what? You know what I mean? It sounds exciting. But uh, yeah, I think it's fair. It's uh, fair to judge yeah, you as a bad I mean, person. Uh, he, he didn't like kill one, people by, uh, one person by mistake and then uh, we're saying that... Uh, Look, I'm saying like, those actions are horrible. I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to... Just to clarify, I'm not yeah, saying what he did he was acceptable. On, uh, yeah, and he intended on doing, uh, doing them. So it's not like he, he, he did them uh, out of uh, randomness or, or a mistake. It, it, it was just... He, he, he was intending to uh, rule the world and, and it was this, uh, his way of doing so. So it's not like uh, you can actually uh, come up with excuses. Not even if he, uh, if you asked him about them, he he, uh, he wouldn't find a, re- a reason to justify killing. The, You're the, right. The, You're very right. I'm I'm going to submit to you. You're right. You know, but what's what I've noticed? Is there's a very interesting trend. The deeper we go into history, the further we go away, the less we judge people. Like lo- let's look at Genghis Khan, the man which two percent of all the people alive are linked to his DNA because he fucked so many women. You know, this guy killed hundreds of millions of people. He killed like a good percentage of the earth, more than any virus almost, right? This guy destroyed and burned 
hundreds of libraries and hundreds of books back then when books were so valuable and destroyed God knows how much information. And as a result, you know, people don't really, in my opinion, he's one of the most evil people that has ever existed. If people don't know history, he's he's the guy who, uh, God damn it, was it, was it, uh, what's the name? It's near China, what's the place that he originated from? Right yeah. over China, but there's an area near China, damn it, Mongolia, okay? He's Mongolian, right? And he, he basically created the Mongolian Empire, I'm not a historian, but he took over a lot of land, killed a lot of people, and the reason they were so superior was because they had this interesting horse riding strategy where they would rush people, and they were so good, and they were very nomadic people to where they could adapt and move. Bro, stop playing with the microphone, <laughs> it's going to fall down again. <laughs> but uh, they, he could adapt and move his entire teams of men, and they, they were generally, the, the Mongolian people were very nomadic people, so they were very adaptable to moving constantly and living off the land unlike most people at the time who were used to stability and living in the same region. Just like the Native Americans, Genghis Khan, you know, the Native Americans, the horse originally comes from the, uh, North America, the actual horse, the animal. But it, it, it left for some reason, we don't know why, but it stopped existing there. And it spread out all around America, uh, all around the world. It made all, it made, the horses made it all the way to Asia, God knows how. And somehow, in the future, the Native Americans were got, got horses again when the Europeans invaded. And because of maybe some instinctual reason inside of them, these Native Americans were able to, to fight off and hold back the Americans, even though they had the superior, superior technology and equipment and, and fighting force to continuously bombard them with attacks and viruses, and eventually they lost. But the Apaches specifically were able to hold them back for such a long time because of the way they were so nomadic, because of the way they, would, they were able to hold this horse and fly into combat, firing on hip fire whilst riding this horse. You know? Yeah, I don't know what the, what the point of that rambling was, but I, I, do, I do agree with you. Look, mm -hmm. Hitler was a horrible guy. I'm just saying, what if, you know, is there a reason, is there something the society could have done to make, to make, because it just, it's a few decisions that led him down this road, right? He takes a few decisions and then he becomes down this path. Brahim is right now is a great guy. He can leave this house, make a few decisions and become a horrible person the next day. You know, where there are articles about you and whatever. But it's just those few decisions. And yes, it's a decision that person took. But like we discussed in the previous episode, as technology evolves, how much influence is it really? You know, most of us don't have full control over our own actions. They're, most of them are subconscious. Subconscious actions that we take that are made and decided automatically for us, even though we think we decide to do something. It's done and made the decision by something else inside of us, this instinctual decision-making process that isn't conscious for us. Maybe the more we evolve, the more technology becomes so powerful, the less likely we are to make those right decisions or those wrong decisions. You know, can you really blame a person 100%? That's my question. You know, you keep saying yes, yes. But I'm saying there's a certain percentage that, you know, if maybe he had a good neighbor, if he had a good friend, if you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a certain factor that we can't fully put the blame on that person. As much as mm -hmm. it's good to take responsibility, we still can't. Yeah, maybe I 
just uh, remembered a video uh, that uh, was talking about crim uh, criminals and how, how actually th there's something wrong in, the, in their brain that, that would go uh, for, for them to take bad actions. I'm, I'm not pretty uh, accurate of this. Uh, I, I didn't actually check the resources. But uh, yeah, I, I mean... I haven't checked the resources of anything I've been saying <laughs> since I was born. But anyway, go on. But uh, yeah, I still think that... The, uh, you need actually uh, accountability for, for uh, everyone because uh, if you don't, you can actually get a lot of benefits out of uh, crimes, out of doing crimes. You can uh, gain a lot of money. So everyone can actually go to do that if you don't actually blame the cr criminals and you say, hey, th this is a bad action. So it's maybe it's not uh, only to... Uh, devaluing this individual uh, the criminal uh, it's also to teach the society that doing this action is actually bad and you're going to be called a bad person i agree with you we always require accountability that's why i always like to blame myself before i blame my environment or someone else but at the same time that's me right but uh, as i said earlier in this episode i like to give people around me more sympathy than i give myself and with that being said Sometimes, sometimes maybe it's the, uh, there's something inherently wrong that I don't know how we can particularly change. I don't have a solution for it, but it's part of the mentality of the society, right? Like sometimes yeah. we may have a mentality that profit is more important than human life and the lives of, of, the, of the beings on this earth or the environment or what, you know what I mean? So we, we have these systems that are already in place that, that motivate us initially to do these actions, right? All these big companies most of the decisions they make aren't based of caring about people they're based on making profit but maybe if we had a structure of an economical structure that would benefit everyone and including yourself almost in a selfish manner to be more ethical in a way maybe then we would have less of these cases look we would still have bad people but i'm just saying i guarantee you this would decrease by a marginal amount a significantly margin uh, large margin amount and if you look, if you look at uh, Portugal, for example, Portugal in the early 2000s had a big, big problem going back to heroin. Since we opened the topic, a big problem with addiction. Almost one percent, if you can believe this, of the population was addicted to heroin, and they didn't know what to do. They brought in experts, and then they decided to do what the opposite of what Philippines is doing now. They decided to legalize the drug and treat it like a like a like a problem, like a medical issue. And now they've solved it most mostly. You know now. Portugal is one of the only countries in the world where they've legalized every drug and they permit their people to be uh, to treat it almost as an illness that you go to a hospital and you have professionals to treat you don't go to prison where you get tortured and beaten for it and, 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 and anything become more of a criminal and more of an addict as a result because you can get those substances inside the cage of prison so I'm just saying maybe we need to look at if we look at these people differently like like these bad people that we like like Hitler or or Genghis Khan, or whatever, whatever kind of person you want to take into consideration. One, if we look at them in a different way, one, we can be more open-minded as a society to consider how we treat these people, you know? If we have someone who makes a mistake, let's look at prisoners who get out. What's the road to the redemption like for a prisoner or an ex-con? There's no such thing. They're always viewed as an ex-con. When they apply to a new job, you know, they're viewed as an ex-con. It's very difficult for them to, to change their life after prison. And in my opinion, I have some sympathy for that. You know, maybe I'm saying that because I'm not looking at the people who've wronged me. I, I'm not talking about the people who've maybe directly wronged me. And I don't may not have sympathy for those people. 
but that's just a weakness on my behalf. Mm -hmm. That's just something I need to work on personally, on forgiveness. But if everybody had that forgiveness way better than I do, and way better than most people currently do, and this open-mindedness, and this viewing this way and this kind of ness, I like using the word ness today, you know, maybe we could find a better way of dealing it, maybe it'll decrease, and if people feel more accepted towards each other, we'll find a way to tackle this in a more effective manner. Look, uh, I mean, it all depends on how horrible the action is. Stealing uh, five bucks is not as bad as uh, being a pedophile or something. Obviously. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, raping a, a child, uh, this crime could never be forgiven for. Uh, as for me, you know, even if it's, uh, it's not my, I mean, I can't even imagine if my own child uh, got uh, raped. Wow. But but even uh, if any random kid got got raped on the street, uh, I would never uh, forgive this guy. Yeah, I mean, that's what su- that's what sucks, right? Mm-hmm. And li- like li- li- labeling everyone as bad um, is wrong, but but you you can't uh, uh, not label uh, a, a, a pedophile rapist as bad. I agree, man. It's just so hard because let's say because I know I know a few girls who've been raped by their siblings. Okay, one of my first girlfriends, she, she was raped by her brother, and. Uh, you know, I can't even imagine what that's like. And she tells me, oh, it hasn't affected me that much. But as a person, she's she was very sensitive. She was very, I don't know, it, I, I feel like it had an effect on her as a character overall. And you can't really, I don't know, It's for me, it's difficult to forgive her brother. You know, I told her, I never want to see her brother because I don't know what I'm going to do to him because of this information that you've told me and you've made me promise not to tell anyone. But in the end of the day, you know, it's it's. I, I still believe it's our weakness to do so, to not forgive. It's my weakness to not forgive her brother, even though she has forgiven her brother. I don't know if I can forgive her brother for that action, you know? And I believe it's still my weakness. And it's obviously a problem that that, that guy needs to fix. You know, it's something that can't ever be forgiven, in my opinion. But maybe that's just because I don't have forgiveness enough. Maybe we need more forgiveness in this world. And we need more love and we need, need more hope. And with that being said, I really hope uh, our listeners enjoyed this episode. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Mr. Rape, signing off.